Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliotheques and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by London-based photographer Mike Curry. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, yeah, nice to meet you. Yep, likewise, and thanks for uh, thanks for joining me this evening. Um, obviously, for many of you will know Mike's work, which truly is mesmerising um, images, and I, I love every time Mike posts something, shares something on social media. And um, before we get into talk about his uh, book, Fleeting Reflections, um, it'd be great if you could maybe give us a good introduction to your your photography journey. Yeah, um, I did actually um, start my education, higher education um, in Yorkshire, right. and I started doing, doing economics, economics and politics, which is not the most direct route into photography. No, no. <laughs> I, I, um, I did a year of economics and politics at Leeds, and I thought, like, what am I doing? I, I'd always hankered after doing something in photography, yes. but my, um, my uh, grammar school didn't do A-level photography. Right. Annoyingly, did the year I left, <laughs> I, I started doing A-level photography. So um, after the first year, I had a word with my careers advisor and said, is there any chance I could swap to do a degree in photography? Yeah. And they said, yes, but you, if because that was in the era when people got grants. Right, okay. If I wanted to get another, if I wanted to get another three-year grant, I had to finish the first year for some yep. reason. Right. And not not just drop out basically yes yeah so i finished the first year of my um economics Three. and then um i had to then wait until the autumn term and um i was going to go to sunderland to do film television and um, photography right which they had a really good um um unit up there they had proper yep. tv studios proper radio studios and um they had had all the photography stuff, you know, large format cameras, lighting, studios, and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but in the meantime, I thought I might as well go and stay with my friend in London and see if I can get an assistant job or, or something like that, just to yep. tide me over. Yep. And um, I was with them for a couple of months, and uh, this is when they, there were job centres uh, aplenty in London. Yep. So what literally kept on walking in, seeing if there's anything, see if there's anything. And there used to be the little cards <clears throat> on, on the racks. Right, okay, yeah. Pull, pull a card. If you saw something, you pull the card off and, and that stopped anyone else looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just saw assistant photographer wanted in Selfridges Portrait Studio in Oxford Street. Oh, right. And I thought, how oh, ideal. Yeah. So I took it up and um, went to the desk and they said, yeah, right, fine. Um, um, we'll... Get you an interview i got an interview and um, bearing in mind i i was quite punky then I, I didn't have any um decent clothes for like interviews i had like a, a army fatigue jackets right. t-shirts um <laughs> my hair was quite spiky right and yep. it was uh, uh bleached blonde yep um and anyway so i got an interview and um i did my best i, I flattened my hair down yeah. And um, I had um, I even turned the collar down on my jacket instead of having it up, which I normally had. Yeah. And then I, I bought, bought a shirt and tie from someone. Yeah. Um, and even then, I don't think I really looked apart because, the, you know, the people people when I was coming for the interview were sort of rolling their eyes and looking at <laughs> what we got here. Yeah. Um, anyway, I went for an interview, didn't hear anything um, for like three or four weeks. And I thought, well, I haven't got it. And, yeah. You know, so. 
Um, and then typically one morning I was, I was, I'd been out the night before, been clubbing, yeah. and I had a phone call really early, about 7.30. Um, and they said, We've, we did interview a few months ago, and there's a job going. The person who was going to do it has moved or something, um, but we need someone to come and fill in today to be a runner. Can you do it? And uh, I was like, uh, wh- 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 who's this? Um, and um, they said, well, do you want the job or not? You know, they were, they were like, come on, we need to know. Yep. And I said, yeah, yeah, fine. So I, I, I got, my, got my act together yep. and went into Selfridges and um, assisted with a big portrait shoot for a Nigerian prince and his um, wives. Wife. Um, and um, entourage of about 20 something. Yes. Um, and um, that was like being thrown into the deep end. It was so intense yeah I and i'd never done it before when i was all i was doing is passing stuff you yes. know um but then after being there a couple of months they started letting me set things up properly and um take the odd test shot and stuff like that and did reasonably well at that um so i was there for about two uh, about well I, I was ultimately there for 18 months but of course i was meant to be going back to college in in uh, october Yes. Um, and this job was going quite well at the time. And I thought, well, this is the sort of job I wanted when I left college. Yep. So then I did. I deferred my um, uh, entry to Sunderland for a year. Yep. And I thought, I'll give it a year. They were happy to do that. I'll give it a year. And if if, it, if the job goes well, I'll stay. And if it doesn't, then I'll, I'll go back to college. Yep. Um, which seemed like a good backup plan. Um, so I stayed on. And it all, all went really well. I got on really well with the other staff there. And I thought, you know what? I might as well stay. Yeah, you know, this is the sort of job I wanted to get in the in the long yeah. run. A degree didn't really mean much in photography then. Yes. You know, yeah. As in, uh, they were more interested in, you know, we we sharp on the uptake, you know, and, and yeah, we could you think on your feet, you know, yes. and yeah. um, uh, that sort of thing. I was re- I proved myself to be reliable, um, quick, and able to take over if something ne- was needed. Yep. Um, so um, I stayed on. And um, after that year passed, I, I thought, well, I think I'm going to stay. I stayed for two years. Um, and then the um, we got a, a new company took over and they were really bad managers. They were really terrible. I wanted to try all the heavy sell. Right. Um, okay. Which didn't really fit with the Selfridges sort of ethos. So they, they were yeah. literally, we were, I was asked to get the, obituaries out of the papers and ring people um find their numbers from the telephone book and ring them and say did they want any photos copied of their loved ones and stuff that we could provide that service oh yeah <laughs> you know that that's that's pretty heavy duty stuff yeah absolutely yeah very, very different um, change yeah so me and the managers were saying well you know we noticed over the last few months that we'd been virtually running it the directors of the company weren't coming in they all they do is phone in for the figures ask if you want more stock yeah we were doing all the stock control all the books and everything and i said well, i think we could do something like this ourselves so we we both handed our notice in and and um took um took advantage of the enterprise allowance scheme right okay. allowed you to set your own business up and and still claim dole or, or it was not the same thing, yes. but you, you got an allowance. Yep. 
so that um, you could keep going until you built your clients up. Yeah. We yeah. worked bloody hard for um, t- two or three years until we didn't, until that disappeared. And, and um, I have been self-employed ever since. And, and actually next year will be my 40th, 40th. year of, of being self-employed. Very good. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. Um, I can't quite believe it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we started off doing um, these mobile portrait studios in department stores. Right, okay. And um, you'd go into places like Dickens and Jones, Army and Navy, um, Alders, Debenhams, yeah, all the big department stores. There were quite a few department stores at the time. And because of the connection with Selfridges, um, people were quite happy to, for us to, to set something up because they, they sort of trusted the name. And, yeah. and my, my, my friend was, had been the manager there. So we were quite convincing. I'm not a bad salesman when, I come, when it comes down to it. Yes, yeah. Um, and um, so we, I think the very first day we hit the ground running and we were working in, in a big department store in Regent Street and then onto something else. Um, and in the mean, in between that, we would do conventional portraits, weddings, all the other gamut yeah. of um, photography stuff. Yeah, all portraits, really. Yeah. Um, but landscape photography and, and 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 abstract stuff was always something I was interested in. Yeah. Um, I had done photography as a hobby for quite a long time beforehand, and I, I used to love um, doing street photography just before I went to college. Um, Ghoul, where I come from, is an industrial northern town. It's a big port. Yep. Um, And um, great subjects for street photography. I've got some great shots of punks around here, um, labourers and and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I used to go into the local shop and say, buy every single different film I could. And I was using lithographic film and high ISO films. Yeah. Just experimenting. Trying trying it all out, see what the impact is, yeah. Yeah, and um, so we used to be in a band as well. Um, and so we would do our, our own design for the posters yep. um, and stuff. So I, I, you know, I, I hadn't even read anything about abstract photography then, but I, I was just like saying to my dad, well, I want to make something like a pattern, you know, not, not, not a thing. Yes, yeah. Photographing a thing. Yep. So I got my dad to r- drive up and down the main street in Google at night time when I had sort of 400 ISO film and just stuck my yep. camera out of the window, keeping taking pictures. <laughs> Most of them were terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got some passable shots that we, we'd got printed as posters for the band. Yeah, so, fantastic. Um, uh, we'd go around fly posting all these and it's just a bit of a buzz to see your pictures on the, on yeah, the, on the wall. Yeah. Um, and um, so that was sort of like a bit of interest in um, abstract work. And, and, if anyone's seen my book and they know I'm interested in sort of spirograph and that sort of stuff. Yes. Which I found very relaxing as well. And, and, and I think I've always found photography re- relaxing. I'm, I'm, I'm quite a sort of, um, not hyper really, but um, <laughs> <laughs> short attention span. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I like, I like something that stops me. Yeah. Um, slows, slows, me, slows you. Slows you. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, my wife always says, um, if I, I was, there's this analogy, if a, if a monkey sits in a room um, and there's like 20 windows to look out, the best place to sit is in the middle of the room. He can see all the windows yes. by glancing. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, she says, I'm the person that I'd run up to this window and go, look at over here. <laughs> and I'd go up to the next one and go, look at here, though. Yeah. And, and, and with a lot of energy doing that. Yeah. Um, so um, there was always a background interest in the sort of abstract stuff and what I could do. I mean, I was doing portraits of the band with lithographic black and white film. Cool. And right. do, doing, I mean, the lithographic film, if, in case no one knows what it is, it was like a 25 ISO black and white emulsion which literally was just black and white no grays in between at all yeah so we'd do lots of silhouettes lots of funky half side lit portraits of people yep. and they were really quite striking and, and of course um if all you can afford to do is photocopy them at the local library they came out really quite well yeah yeah as, as copies yes um so i did a lot of experimenting with that and of course a lot of stuff didn't come out because i had no idea i didn't do any reading at all to do with photography <laughs> nothing at all i read no books and I, I i'd done a little bit of reading about portrait work before i went to yeah. london but that was it um and so going straight into the portrait world in 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 london was a bit a bit of a um whirlwind because i it, it sort of completely distracted me away from doing my own work yes really. yeah um i was literally really hard up and I just needed to make a living. And I was working seven days a week for the first 10 years, probably. Yeah. Um, 20, you know, every single day. I didn't have a, I had a single day off. Yeah. Um, just trying to make enough to live on. Yes. Um, and then eventually I'd have, uh, we, we uh, migrated away from doing the uh, portrait studio stuff. Yeah. Which was quite good in terms of the money but it was it was very hard to to build a a, a reliable like tour shall we say like a music tour yes. going around the country doing that yeah. um you end up going to like leeds and then bristol and then yeah. london oh, and yeah then, yeah one, one place to another to another yeah yeah it was really hard work um so um we someone came to us one day and said oh well, our local school wants someone to take over doing the portraits and so we said, oh, we'll give that a go. Yeah. And we found that was a really good sort of bedrock of work because you yeah. can go in, photograph 400 kids and then leave a couple of hours later. And you're done. Um, and then, you know, people would either buy them, it's sale or return, so you have to make a good job, you know. But, um, yes. They, you're done for the day. Yeah. And eventually we got a few more because that seemed like a better use of time. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it also meant then we ended up with like the school holidays was not much work, but quite busy in the school term time. So it actually worked out quite well for being a photographer because it meant you could concentrate on doing your own stuff in the school holidays yes. and then um, work like mad and earn the money. Yeah. And it's not very fashionable to say you do school photographs, really. But I've yeah. got... I've come to the stage in my life where I thought, what, what the hell, you know? You know? Yeah. I'm not I'm not the cool photographer from New York and, and doing fashion <laughs> models and that, no. Yeah. I, I've got a school I've got a school photography business under a completely different name. Yes. Not not personal name, but a different company name. Yeah. Um, and that's doesn't mention my arty work, it doesn't mention any of my books. Yeah. And yeah. I've got um mikecurryphotography.com, which is just about my your personal my, my personal work and, and yeah. I, I at first i had it all on one site and it was just confusing for people yeah it's like well what the hell are you then yes um and you know the commercial work people didn't really understand about 
why I've got photographs of school groups on the on the page and vice versa and vice versa so I just split them and it worked really well from then on so yeah. um it means I've got a lot of freedom in the school holidays and you know the summer holidays um for me over the last few years have been really productive because the when I started doing the fleeting reflection stuff it was up during the summer when I got I, I was doing it yeah um and I needed the sun to be quite high I needed a bright sunny day I needed not to be windy and I needed to be able to access the Canary Wharf area which I was quite near you know 15 minutes away yes um, quite quickly because uh, yeah. you know condition has changed quite quickly absolutely yeah so you know that's a sort of brief recap of roughly what I did so it started off being portrait photography migrated yep. into doing schools work with a lot of spare time to do other commercial work as well yep um, and I still did quite a lot of commercial work for you know building companies like Barrett Homes and stuff like that you know yeah. before and after pictures and yeah that sort of stuff um and um but it, it it's meant um I, I've chosen to do more work that's more cost efficient shall we say or, or more um so it's given me a bit more spare time over the last 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do my own stuff. And and I was very lucky to get the commission with Canary Wharf. Um, and they just gave me a 24-7 pass to go and access all Brilliant. areas. So they said, we've got loads. The brief was, I'd, I went to see them and they said, look, we've got loads of shots of being done by great architectural photographers. Yes. Beautifully um yeah. symmetrical and not yeah. a, not a skewed line yeah. out, out yeah. of place every wall is in place yeah and you know it looked like sort of disney you know <laughs> it, it, it looks that perfect all, you know everybody was checked not they had the yeah. um beautiful colors and everything and they said we we think there's a lot, lot of potential for sort of like abstract and funky looking stuff uh, to go in our internal reports and stuff yeah um and we'd like you to to um uh sort of pitch for it yeah so i went in and had, had a pitch and then I, I suddenly realized when i was in the office that's like oh um these people have got quite a lot of money so and at the end of this sounded quite interested so I, I literally in my in my mind just as i as they were about to they, they were asking me what my daily rate was i literally doubled it yes <laughs> and, the, and on the spur of the moment and i thought yeah and they were saying oh um that's quite high, but okay. And I was, I was, I was uh, mentally sort of doing the fists. Sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Result. Uh, yeah. So I got um, a few months' work off them, and um, brilliant. They, it turned out like a lot of clients. They didn't know really what they wanted. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I produced lots of really abstract stuff for them. Um, so it started off being like um, slow shutter speedy stuff. Yeah. Um, getting lots of movements of bodies going through Canary Wharf and the stations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bit of camera movement vertically, just to sort of emphasize the verticals of the the buildings. Um, yeah. Of the buildings. Um, unfortunately, no one. These never seen the light of day on social media and such because they bought all the copyright off me. Right. Yeah. But, and I, I then published them. Yeah. On because yeah. uh, they they owned the copyright and and they quite that, rightly sued me yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so if ever people want, I can show them them privately, but it's not that, you know, it's, it's still commercial work. So it's not that interesting really, but, yep. um, and I did this big presentation at the end and it, they were like, yeah, 
um, can you do some more conventional looking stuff? And I was like, okay, well, I can, but that wasn't why you employed me sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, but one day I was walking through the wharf and I saw these sort of like flashes of color on the water. So I just literally casually just pointed my camera. But the thing that stopped me was that it looked completely different on the back of the camera than it did on the water. Right. Okay. It just it looked completely in what was a 3D thing in front of me, sort of sloping off into the distance, looked like someone had just painted a design on the back of the LCD. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the beginning of that sort of thing. That was that's what led up to it. And and um, you know, that's a brief recap of my um, sort of career up until then, really. And that's yeah. what sort of started the ball rolling. And I had plenty of time to do it. Yep. But every time I did, I'd do that, some of that for me and some of the other stuff for them. And at the end of doing all of this, just to jump forwards a bit, I actually presented them with a book and said that this is what I had published. Yeah. You know, and I've got these exhibitions coming up in London. Yep. And they looked at it and said, no, not really our cup of tea, but. And I think, are you interested? It's 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 from your area, you know, yeah. and it, and it's it's a proper gallery, and and they were like, no, no, not really. Right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're like, fine, thanks. Yeah, and they, they were they were completely nonplussed about it, and and that's what nearly made me. Well, to start with, before the publication and everything, um, I nearly didn't bother showing anyone because I'd got all these piles of prints. I showed them, and they were like, no, so what? Yeah. Doesn't mean much to me. And I was thinking like, okay, maybe it's rubbish then. And I, I, I had hundreds of pictures at the time, and um, then, and you know, it sort of snowballed a bit from there. When I, I thought, well, sod it, I, I like them. Yeah. So, them yeah. So then they went up on social media, and I think the first couple I put up didn't exactly go viral, but you know, I got several hundred likes and several hundred comments. Yes. Yeah. And I was yeah. thought, oh. Yeah, you you noticed. Yeah, this wasn't. The, maybe, this, maybe, yeah. maybe there's something about them that I didn't realise. Yeah. So obviously other people like them as well. So um. Yeah, yeah I, so. I I I find them absolutely mesmerising every time I see them. It's you, whenever I see one of them, it, if if even if it's someone else that shared your work, that's instantly recognisable as being something that you've produced. I just find I could just I could literally just sit and look through your books non-stop because the the, the I'm, i've got it up on screen here and just the colors the patterns the the the, the it's just they're just beautiful absolutely beautiful and it's, it's quite it's really interesting to hear you just talk about how you're really inspired by your childhood in terms mm. of the kaleidoscope and and the spirograph it's uh, when i was speaking to my wife earl about it as well she said yeah she says i absolutely loved a spirograph when i was a kid because it was it was the fact that there was you, you kind of knew what you're going to get. Yeah. But, 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 but at the same time, there was still the human control over having to yeah. actually create it. And and yeah, the, the 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 way that it just reflects and the way it works is, is superb. So I'm just I'm really just interested to to hear how you I suppose you you then discovered that yeah, you, you obviously talked about it, you just stopped and you you took one picture and that picture in the back showed you that what you'd seen in, in the water was so very very different in the back of the lcd yeah um and a little bit more background to that is that um my taste in art was quite abstract as well so yes. yeah um, and i can remember going to see um you know like roscoe exhibitions and pollock mm -hmm. exhibitions and yeah stuff like that 
and thinking like, wow, this, this I, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to produce some, something like this. And I thought, I think the thing that really swung it for me was David Hockney's um, Polaroids and stuff like that. Yes. And I saw the at the one of the big galleries in London. Yeah. I was just mesmerised because you see all these tiny little images producing a big um, collage, so yeah. to speak. And that, it was an astounding effect. Um, and I thought I was kept thinking, I, I want to create something like that. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't really realise how you could do it or yeah. um, how it would come about. But then I, I went to the online landscape conferences and um, there was lots of great talks from lots of different people. Yeah. Um, and everyone kept on talking about working um, in your local area and, and producing a series of work that was coherent and actually meant something to you. Absolutely, um, yeah. And that was a sort of the light bulb moment. I'm so glad that, um, um, you know, On Landscape existed because yeah. I think without that, I was getting, I was a bit lost, really. Yeah. Um, and um, um, the talks and stuff have been inspirational there. Um, so I think that's that was a light bulb moment. And, and, and having been to those conferences and thought about it and thought about the whole process of, I, was, I kept on thinking, what can I do in my local area that is easy to do when I've got free time? Yes. And, and um, I can repeat. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be my back garden like you know, a lot of, you know, other people. Yeah. Um, been able to, I, I didn't have that luxury. Um, but then when I got this contract, I thought, there must be something here. There must be something yeah. here. Um, and then I did the, these first two shots and I didn't think much about them because I thought, well, they would, I thought they were a bit of a fluke, to be honest. But the more, uh, like anything, the more time you spend in one area, yeah. um, the better able you are to see what is there. I mean, yeah. Mark, Mark Littlejohn is a great example of a, a, someone who's worked on, on, in, in the Lake District. Absolutely. And, sees it through all the different seasons and on, from a regular perspective from daily yeah. viewpoint um and I'm not my work's completely a polar opposite to him but it, it gave me an idea of like okay I should just every time I've got like a couple of hours I should just go down there regardless yeah. what the weather conditions are like yeah and then you, you begin to fine-tune it and 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 yeah. get a recipe for doing it yeah, yeah, because you you, de you definitely begin you become far more aware and knowledgeable of the subject matter that you're shooting and how it will yeah. and from you I suppose how it will react to different conditions in terms of if there's a wee bit of a breeze or if it's still a dead still day the sun's at a different height etc that will all create different patterns I would imagine for you in the yeah. water and yeah you just begin to learn all these things um, over time and you you build up far greater knowledge and more work yeah. Um, it becomes more fruitful in its return rate as well. Yes. Yep. When I first started doing it, I think I would probably literally take a thousand, two thousand shots in a day. Um, all of things that look really similar. I mean, yep. when I when I call them similar, that they, you'd barely be able to tell the difference between one and yeah. the other. Yeah, we've all um, been there. Yeah. Um, and um, but now I've gone from that and maybe, maybe producing one image um i can probably if it's the right conditions 
I, I could probably get maybe five images in a day now because the last time um, I was really able to go out uh, for a longish period of time in one day was actually, I, I remember it distinctly, it was my birthday in August 2019. Right, yeah. Um, and I went out, I had the day free, as I spent all day there and I got five um, images which are in the little booklet one. Yeah. Um, um, all from the same day. Um, and, you know, it, I, I, they're all quite different. Yeah. And um, I um, thought, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the hang of this now. And then, you know, typically, you know, 2020 came along, kicked yeah. everything down the road. And, and wasn't it, it was the perfect um, conditions for, for my sort of thing. And, and I, I, I kept on saying, you know, I don't even think I can go to Canary Wharf and justify walking around when we're supposed to be in lockdown yeah you know, yep. it really is obvious if you're on your own there yes yeah you kind of stand out quite quite clearly in Canary Wharf from yes. being, I haven't <laughs> been there many times myself yeah it, you definitely do stand and there's out. so many cameras of course and we, we yeah. weren't meant to be going out to do stuff like that yeah and like a lot of photographers who, who didn't go out and take landscape pictures at the time as well even though you could probably justify it as part of your job yeah you couldn't really justify it. It felt like you were taking them to Mickey, really. Yes, yeah. Um, so there was a whole, we had that brilliant, clear spell of weather for months, didn't we? <laughs> Where I was inside the house, frustrated, yeah. going out just once a day for a walk, yeah. thinking like, no, I'd like to be down the Canary Wharf and taking hundreds of pictures. Um, yeah. um, and it, so it wasn't to be. So I haven't actually done an awful lot since then because the end of 2020, we moved up here. Yeah. So, um, I don't know whether that's the end to the series. I don't know. I, I'll always enjoy going down there, but um, uh, we're moving down to Brighton, which will be a completely different cup of tea. Yes, it, is, 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 it makes a wee bit of a difference when you don't have a Canary Wharf on your doorstep. Because I think yeah. a lot of these personal projects, particularly if you're doing something on your doorstep, it really is all about ease of access and and yeah, like when you've got spare time and it's somewhere that you can just pop down and if the conditions aren't right, you've not wasted an hour's journey and you feel really compelled to try and push it. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, from your perspective here, it's, uh, yeah, when you've been able to get down and get access fairly regularly and, and pop out and, and grab a few shots and just build the, build the build the body of work up over time. Yeah, um, and that's how it um, came about, really. Um, so I'd been doing it for a few years. Yeah. Then I got um, approached by Triple Kites. Um, David was down in, in London and he said, oh, do you fancy meeting for a coffee? And, and I said, yeah, sure. And I, I hadn't thought anything about it. Yep. And he just said, oh, yeah, we've, we've got to do it because it's so different to anything they've done. Yes. Yeah. And he was I, I was so grateful to him to to be the sort of brave one to to sort of take it on in, in a way. Yeah, because it, it was definitely not of the same ilk in, in their, their stable of photography books. Um, very, very different style. Very from, different, yeah. Absolutely, yes. From everybody. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, I, I still haven't quite seen, I've seen people do stuff in, in the style I do it in, but I still haven't seen anyone produce the variety of um, no. yeah. types of work I've done as well. Yes, I um, agree. Uh, and I, I think, you know, 
it's, it's one of those things I, I, I'm really keen about it and so you should be really um, if you're not keen about your own work then then no one else is going to no, ab- absolutely that's it yeah you've got to be proud and you've got to yeah proud and keen for, for the work that you produce yourself because as you say if you're not then it's a struggle to convince anyone else to be yeah and when I've had exhibitions in London they've, they've always gone really well but um, I, I think I, I'm too much of a miser really and I, I, I like to get rid of the prints and, and people my other uh, photographer friends are always complain saying you're, you're far too cheap when you sell your gallery prints and I, but I, I do tend to sell most of them yeah so, well a, a one of the two reasons really I like to get the money back yeah <laughs> which isn't which isn't actually um normal on most you know, exhibitions tend to be not money-making things yes yeah um more a vehicle to for marketing really and yeah. raising the profile yeah um but i've tried to position it so that you i don't lose money out of it or you sell the, yeah. um sell some but the two big exhibitions i had of of the work um sold most of them um and um good result so you know you, you manage to cover your costs you, you manage to um if you manage to get some sponsorship as well that helps yes yeah. um and Adobe, um, one of the branches of Adobe, uh, not Photoshop, Adobe, um, Adobe Spark. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Adobe they, Spark. they, they, um, pitched some money in one of the exhibitions and it made it able to have slightly bigger prints and stuff like that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, stuff like that. So, um, so w- once I got this body of work, I'd, I'd already got, loads to sort of put together in, in the book and everything um yeah and then the the other little book came about as a bit of a spin-off from that as a more more, more my favorite one shall we say okay yeah yeah i wanted something a bit more tactile a bit yeah there's a there's a very different feel to it, it really sits nicely and i i like the the the, the front cover as well just with the yeah. fleet, with the fleeting reflections and yeah, moss, yeah, yes, and and also the red stitching, I think, works mm. really, works really very nicely. Um, but no, it's, it's a lovely, it's a lovely, it's a lovely collection of images. And yeah, I can imagine it must be, it must be, it must take more trips than I suspect more people imagine to to put together even just the, I don't know what a dozen or so shots in this book. Albeit you've you've said that you managed to get five in one day. But I would imagine it's probably something that's it's a slow build-up as opposed to going out yeah. and getting a lot of shots, particularly to get them all to sit as a coherent body of work. Yeah, there's, there's got exactly. to be a natural flow to them as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I learned. Um, I've been a member of the BIPP for years. Yeah. Um, only I, I found it very useful for networking in, um, when I was doing social photography. And there were quite... It's, they had some quite good events on and, and stuff like that. Um, less so when I did less of that. Yep. But I had a I had a, an email from one of the guys there saying, "Oh well, you, maybe you should as a as a discipline, you should try and do get your fellowship in in, in the BIPP." Yep. Just because it it would be a good process for you to go through and and to make you a bit more. Um, uh, particular in your judgment and, and a bit more selective yeah yeah in the process and, and that, the whole um process actually was quite intense you know you had to produce a um 
a whole bound book of um, like the history of your photography, right, right from the your early work right up to the latest stuff. And it had to be beautifully presented and and um, um, proper bound book. Um, yep. So it was expensive to do, but I found it all really interesting because it makes you sit down and look and like what what do I want to represent me to yep. a bunch of people who want to sort of rate it as such. Yeah, yeah. And at the at the time, I'd got um just the basic qualification. And they suggested, oh, well, I should go for the, from that to the top level yes. of qualification, which is a fellowship, which isn't the normal way you do it. You normally go through the stages yep, of build different, up. different uh, levels. Um, so I said, mm, OK, I suppose we could give that a go. Um, and I had to do all this and I had to present all this paperwork to prove I was earning money yep. as a photographer and not just a self-time person. Yes. Um, and then at the end, I had to produce a, a big set of like exhibition prints and um, produce them uh, for them to look at in a, in a room on their own. And I just sat outside and they all went in and discuss it, which yeah. is a bit like doing a, a sort of a photography exam in a way. It's really yeah. weird to have other people judging your work in, in a sort of point-based fashion sort of thing. Yes, yep. And, <laughs> but I got called in halfway through and they said, Okay, we're going to have to ask you how you do these because we haven't worked it out, and um, we don't believe. Frankly, um, so and so here doesn't be doesn't believe that these aren't done in Photoshop. Yeah, and, and um, so then I had to go through all the rigmarole of explaining exactly how they were done, and I had to provide them with raw files so that they could they could see yeah, how, yeah. how they how they were done and and, and to be perfectly honest the raw files don't look an awful lot different to what you see in the in the, in the books yeah um if you if you know how to tweak the camera in the first place then you will get the result you see in the books if you don't right. know how to do that they look very muddy yes okay <clears throat> but my my idea behind all of this was always i wanted to represent how the buildings looks in real life yes now the, the fact that they were reflected in the water and the water was a bit muddy um wasn't important to me I, I wanted to show you what the buildings looked like had if you take that muddiness away yes so if you tweak the settings in camera and and go for a bit more vivid look um then you get it looking exactly the same color as the building itself yes um, rather than and so effectively you've tried to take away the, the sort of um color of the water yeah um and and whatever's in the water um um so I provided all this evidence to them and they said yeah yeah great so and that was so that was quite an, a nice achievement not that it really means an awful lot to a lot of people to have a qualification in photography yeah but it was a good process to go through because it actually made me sit down and think about what images I wanted to show them and yeah. they were talking about well you know um if you present them as a panel of I think it was like 13 images images yeah. you have to show so I did it, I, I got some sort of colour gradient going. So it went from the lighter ones, lighter blue ones. Yes, yep. Sort of Mid-blue to darker ones to the very dark ones. Yep. So that it looked like a, a natural progression in terms of gradient of colour. Yes, yep. Um, and, and that was a useful ob 
that was a useful project to do before the book was in yes. yeah. place. Because when it came to producing the book together and the layout of it, um, it was very, it seemed very logical process, really. Yeah. Um, and I've got Darren Charlie Leach to um, to thank for his help with the layout of the book yeah. as well. He, he is fantastic at that. Yeah. And um, and and literally, I um, gave him the work, and he had to lay it all out for triple kite and everything. And he came back and said, "This is how I think it hangs together really well." Yeah. And I was like, "Pretty good, pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe just to, I think there's like two or three swaps. Yes, yep. Um, but there was a pretty tight timetable to getting that book out because um, David approached me in May and I was having a, an exhibition already booked in September. Right. So he said, I said, well, if we're going to do this, we might as well get the books ready for September. Yes, for when the exhibition is that on. possible. Yeah, so that's the that's the natural thing to have have them available for the exhibition. Yeah, and and he said it's very tight, but you'll have to um, sort of go with how we work and and be decisive sort of thing. Yep. And fortunately, he stuck to his words, and 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 everything went like clockwork. And on on the mechanical side of producing it, yeah. Um, Darren, I had to leave actually finishing the book off. And I didn't even see any proofs because I was away on I was away on holiday, and I had to say to I had to send down an email saying it's up to you to check the proofs because I I'm I'm away and there's not enough time to check them. <laughs> so he, he had the the unfortunate task of, uh, of, doing, that. of doing that, um, and um, so it all came together. And I think literally the books were literally delivered on the morning of the exhibition. Perfect timing. Uh, all bound perfectly, lovely, yep. um, and but the, of course they, I I wasn't actually I was out working that day, so it was going to be a nightmare for me to be in and try and accept delivery. So I, the gallery said you can deliver them there, but of course they all got delivered there, not yeah. just like a hundred or something. Yeah, yeah. There, was like, there was like four hundred bucks still arrived. Yeah, so he said I didn't think you were going to have that many arriving. I said oh, we're really sorry, so I had to get get loads and put them in a car and take them home. <laughs> um, and um so that literally came together at the last minute and um yeah. it was a fantastic thing to be able to show with the um images uh, yeah absolutely it gives people a whole bit of context and something that they can they can uh, they can see and and it's, it's perfect timing why 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 have a book come out just as the exhibition finishes yeah exactly you, yeah you, you may I mean, well I, take... yeah I, I think uh, i i did push it to the limit to get it ready yeah. and uh, I couldn't move. I mean, galleries in London get booked up years in advance, so I couldn't move yeah. that. They'd have, yeah. they'd have probably said, "Oh, yeah, we can move it," but then you don't get a firm date from. That's it. Yeah, uh, and you, you'll probably miss your slot because something different or more interesting comes along. Yeah. Um, so I was very lucky with that, and I sent it out to sort of a few magazines and stuff. Um, and um, then I got, um, I think, the first entry. I went into the landscape photographer of the year, um, won the uh, sort of um, your view category. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Um, and that image is actually still up in in um, Waterloo Station somewhere. People keep right. on texting me saying, "Hey, I've just, <laughs> I've no idea where it is." Yeah. Um, but um, it's still there somewhere. The original print. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, obviously you then came out with your own wee 
smaller yeah, version yeah. of it as well, which yeah, it's just really, really, really nice. I think I was uh, I saw you'd mentioned it on Twitter or something like that and managed yeah. to manage to grab myself a copy. Well, there wasn't many of those because that, that, I mean, they're, they're not easy to produce and they're not cheap to produce, yeah. Um, and but I just really wanted to have some a little tactile thing to to how how I would have envisaged it um, being done. Yes. Um, and um, I sent one to um, David Clapp. Yep. He was he's very into them as well. Yeah. Um, and he was saying he he was he had some really good comments about the book, and he reviewed it. Still, there's a review on his website about it. Yeah. Um, and I was really grateful for him because he was very enthusiastic about it. But he he was sort of like saying that there's only one thing wrong with them, really. That they're not big enough, and they're not. <laughs> They need. They really. You could really do with a really big book and a really nice yeah. print. Yeah. You know, it says it doesn't really capture it for him. Yeah. And I know exactly what he means. I yeah. would love to produce a sort of like a an A3 version. Yeah, a big hardback book. Yeah. Big hardback book, but they're so expensive to do. Um, yeah. but I've and 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 that bears. Um, that's very similar in terms of print sales of what I've done as well. It's always been the big ones that I've sold. Yeah. So each each exhibition I've done, I've had one really big one, um, yeah. and the others are of a, of a similar size. Yeah. The first one that sells is always a big one. You know, the yeah. first one, the first exhibition I had with the book, it was about a three meter wide print. Yeah. Of um, and if it's in the little booklet, that it's a. I can show, show you which one if you. It's, a, it's got lots of greeny lines in, and a big two big blue blobs, um, which oh, will mean yeah. nothing to anyone listening in at all, unless they're familiar with my work. That's the one, yeah. So yeah. that was printed three meters by two meters on a, on acrylic. Lovely. Um, and um, it, I didn't know how it was going to stand up to enlargement because it's a DX format camera I, I use. Yeah. Um, so I'd never, I mean, on the screen, they look great, obviously. They, yeah. they, everything looks great on the screen, don't they? Yeah. No, no flaws on the, no flaws on the screen, except when you mess the picture up. But yeah, as you, <laughs> as you see, when you're expanding that up to that sort of scale, but then at the same time, when you're looking at something on that, on that scale, you're really standing back a wee bit and looking at mm. it from a bit of distance. It's, you're not really going to be up as far as close as you would be if you were looking at a, a small print as such. Well, I should mention, um, actually, the lab I use is, is called Print Foundry in Croydon. Right, OK. Um, they're a fantastic lab, and they sponsored the first book. Um, yeah. The, every single order I've ever had from them, or exhibition print, has always been flawless. Um, in fact, they've even spotted flaws on my images before they've gone out and said, Mike, I think we've spotted a dust spot. <laughs> You want us to edit it out for you before we print. <laughs> and I, I, I hurry back to the computer and enlarge it to like 300% or whatever. Yeah. And I find the best spot, you know, it's like, oh my God, you spotted it. I mean, yeah. what sort of, you don't that's, get that sort of service generally. That's, no, that's good, good, good service. Even if they are spotting you are at your dust spots. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's only the once and it's only the one dust spot, but it was a big print someone had ordered. Yeah. And it was about to go into acrylic and, and you know, if, that would have been obvious when it was yeah. printed large. Yeah. Um, so um, they've been fantastic. They've they 
ones that we would like um, say, oh, well, we'll do a test print of a small area to that size. And if it looks like it holds up, then we'll, 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 the you know, we'll go for it. That's good. Um, so they've done that and um, they've come up with the last exhibition, which was, I was so lucky to get this slipped in just before um, lockdown. It, I had the September, October, early November um, in 2019 yeah. um, exhibition. And um, they um, did a really nice way of um, framing them really sort of like museum sort of quality glass. Oh, lovely. Beautiful. Uh, a special non-reflective glass. Yes. And um, they managed to mount them on, on thin aluminium. And then had, there were some pads behind that. Yeah. So that, and then the pads were inset so far that you can't see that it's floating. Yes. And I, I just like the visual pun of, of them. The images were floating. Yeah. With them being images of water. Yeah. Um, and um, the attention to detail with the frames looked so good. Yeah. Um, in fact, they're, 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 that some of that exhibition, half of it was sold and then half of it's gone on to a, a, a restaurant. Oh, right. Um, so they're still in on display in, in, in London. If anyone yeah. wants to go, uh, um, you can go to Canary Wharf and have a look round. Yeah, um, and try and take some photographs. But there's a restaurant not too far from there in Deptford on on the DLR, which is the yep. route I used to go in. Uh, so Deptford Bridge DLR Station is a is a restaurant called Tila T I L A. Okay, right. Fantastic food, probably my favourite restaurant in London. Um, good recommendation. Very good, very 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 good food. Very reasonable price. Excellent coffee. Excellent wine. Um, so you could go have a day out in Canary Wharf. Go to Tila the restaurant, and they've got about 10 of my big prints up there right. on the wall. Um, and it, honestly, they, they wanted them. And I went and had a look. And they've got lights every so far along the wall. Yeah. It's a big wall. Yeah. And I said to Justin, who helps me hang them, I said, these prints are just the right size to go underneath each light. Each light, yeah. It actually ended up looking like a gallery had been made in a restaurant sort of thing. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, so there were all each one had a light, light in the middle above it, just Perfect. above it. Um, so it all worked out really well. So. Great stuff. So yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, when you when you produce your own smaller book, it allows you as when you're talking about when you were doing the 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 fellowship, it allows you to present the work in exactly the format and the, the narrative that you want to give as well. Which again. Yeah. It, it's you think entirely differently about it and and you've got to sit down and think what, what are my, what are my favorite images that I want to show and but do these favorite images actually work well together as a set um, and it's all part of the fun I think it's all part of the fun and challenge and um, and, and the enjoyment of looking through your own work very differently um it is yeah um and the, the one thing I've noticed is my my books they don't have any writing in really um yep. so I, I thought about it really. We had lots of discussions about this before the book went out about yep. what writing was going to go in with it. And I, I, I was saying it, it's it's quite a tricky thing for me because they were so meditative. Yes. The process of doing it. Yep. That it almost involved no thought, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I was trying to clear my mind. Yes. And, and I've alluded to that in, in some of the bits of bobs I've written. I've written about. Um, 
and and when I do my talks to camera clubs and stuff like, like that. Um, but um, I don't think there's an awful lot to say about them apart from how they're, they're, they're more a visual appeal than uh, they've got a, rather than a narrative. Yes. Um, the, you know, the, there's plenty of photography books around where the story behind them is the integral part, part of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark Wilson's books. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Um, are both stunning photographs and with uh, the story just makes it obviously yeah absolutely um, um but i don't think i mean people there were suggestions i should have um photographs of the actual buildings themselves and and put them next to the, 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 the corresponding the pilot, the corresponding image. abstract image yeah but I I didn't want to do that because one of the things I I like about the other photographs I like of other um, artists, and we'll come on to that later um, with the books that I, I will, you want to talk about, is that I like my eyes when I look at something to rest on it and, and want to explore it yeah. Um, yeah. for a period of time and, and, can, and come back to it. Um, and discover more detail and and um, yeah enjoy it again, shall we say? Yes, absolutely. With without knowing necessarily exactly what you're looking at, it's 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 also the enjoyment of the imagination and allowing your own mind to to take in to take in the work as opposed to knowing exactly what it is what it is you're looking at. And if you're presented yeah. with, if you're presented with the abstract image and the actual building, yeah. your your mind will naturally look at the abstract, then look at the building to see what it is you're actually looking at a picture of. Whereas by just looking at the abstract, you stop, you don't you don't move on to the next image straight away. You stop and you take it in and, and you begin to look at the patterns and the shapes and the colours they're all representing it and yeah it's 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 far more of an enjoyable experience particularly from the end from the the, the end viewer's perspective yeah to, I, i'm, I'm glad you think so i i mean I, I was arguing that it's a bit like a magician doing a trick and then explaining how he did it straight away yes yeah not that's a completely different context obviously but yeah um, it, it's a, it seemed a bit prosaic to to sort of literally say this is the building and this is the final yeah. result Yep. Well, it didn't really matter what the building was to start with, really, yep. um, because a lot of them are, are like triple exposures, so that it didn't look anything like the building anyway. So, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, and I've had arguments on social media as well because uh, because of that, because some people have been obsessed with the fact that they think that they're, they're CGI images yep. and not created in camera at all. Yeah, it's been one of the things I've just got to, you know, shrug off and just okay. If you believe that, then I'm not going to convince you. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, and you know, people, some people get quite irate about it, and then I think, well, that's your problem, mate. I'm not getting annoyed about it. <laughs> I know that's it. Yeah, why, why, why bother if, as you say, you explain to people, and if they don't believe you, then you're you're not going to convince them. So why waste why waste your time thinking about it? As you and, see and it, I, I got into such an argument with one person. I was, I was saying to Justin, well, I, you know, I, I, I could get show him some of the raw uh, part of the raw file or something. And she was saying, don't get into it. You know, it's, it's not yeah. it's not worth it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's it's his problem, not yours, sort of thing. Absolutely. So, so 
Talk, talking about books, I, as, as we've mentioned, as you mentioned there briefly, I'm always interested to hear what books are favourites. Uh, so I'd be really interested to hear th three, four or five of your favourite photo books from other photographers. Uh, it's always very interesting to see how they correlate to what you photograph, what your own interests are as well. Yeah, um, well, they're pretty much all abstract. Sort of, oh, very good. Actually, pretty much all abstract, actually. Yeah. Um, to some degree. Um, I think the first one, uh, uh, Paul Kenny's um, Sea Works, yeah, is is a such a classic for me, yeah, and it's for a lot of people. I'm, I'm, it doesn't get the accolade, accolades and 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 um, recognition he deserves. Sometimes I know he's he's, a, he's got some really fantastic work in, in some great places, but I still think it's streets ahead of streets yeah. ahead of what a lot of people produce. Absolutely. Um, and you see the work in real life, um, uh, it's just amazing. And yeah. he's such a, a lovely guy as well. Yeah, very nice. Um, and, you know, you, when you first hear about roughly how they're produced, you sort of think, oh, my God, I thought I was being imaginative doing this. And then I know that, like, yes. <laughs> you, that's you a whole other process, isn't it? Yeah, you, you realise how basic your processes are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I went on a workshop with him, and he, he, he very kindly brought in some of the original slides of, of the stuff that he'd been working on. Yeah. And you, you, you look at it and think, oh, my God. This is an original – this is the original thing. Yeah. And, and how, how did he come up with this? You know, it, yeah. it wasn't – it was like a complete um, – it just messed, me, messed, my, messed <laughs> my head up, basically. Yeah. But that was really what's what I really enjoy about photography. You know, yeah, yeah. Some, so many people producing outstanding work. Um, and you don't need to know how they've produced it. But, Absolutely um, not. Yeah. You know, um, so Paul's book was just like completely out of the blue. Because before that, I was probably more into... Um, more conventional landscape photography and I, I tried yeah. to repeat that myself but I never really had any success with it because I don't think my heart was really that into it really Absolutely. yeah yeah and I didn't realize at the time no and, and and now I've very much of the view um if I like something it should really sort of smack you around the face yeah absolutely um, yeah you, so, know, you know quickly whether it's something for you or, or whether it's not yeah, and and I've I apply that to all, all aspects of life now. You know, yeah. uh, I even if we go shopping for clothes and stuff, like it's got to really grab me. Yes, yep. even want to. Otherwise, I think to myself, well, it can't be that good. And if it doesn't stop you in your tracks, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and the the same applied to these um, photographs of Paul's. Um, I just stopped and looked at them and the colours, you know, the yeah, shapes good. and the the structure and everything about them and I saw them in a couple of different exhibitions and you know they're just wild and yeah. just great yeah I think he's doing an exhibition on it at the moment in Southport I think for yes that's right yeah yeah so hopefully yeah. Um, I, I hope to get down at some point to see that should be good yeah and um he's had some uh work <laughs> he, he created a big wall of um one of his pictures, isn't it? Yes. Somewhere. Yeah, it was a storm away, I think. Stornoway, that's it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah huge big That looks amazing. Yeah. That, that's how they should be viewed, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
and you know you, you just want to stand and sort of like walk into them yeah. um so yeah. that that was one of the first ones that shook me out of my um i think i was i wasn't exactly trying to copy other but i was just i was trying to do this sort of like foreground detail yeah mid-ground and um For, sort of yeah. um yeah. background thing and i wasn't particularly good at it but i i didn't really grab me and i and i, and I after going to the on, on landscape stuff and seeing so many different photographers and, and so um been exposed to so many different sort of um uh, bodies of work yes that i um i got really into that and so it's it's all been quite a short journey for me really yeah um before that i wasn't real much of a book collector but then um i think the next one i got was um hans strand the uh, iceland book uh, yeah. above and below was it called above yes yeah above above and below yeah and you know some of the some of the yeah. stuff in there it's just like wow yeah you know it's like and and it, talking having talked to him about it you know and and one of the things i really appreciate is that i get really seasick and airsick right um, okay <laughs> and he, he was just like saying well so do i but it, it's um it's really horrible going up in these really shanky helicopters Beans. over yeah. Iceland in, in howling gales, leaning out of it. It's not at all pleasant. Yeah. And you sort of think, <laughs> oh, it must have been lovely going flying across Iceland and you just pop yeah. your camera out there. No, it, the poor guy was having a horrible time, I think, a lot, yes. lot of the time. And, you know, you forget how physically difficult and how cold yeah. it must have been. Oh, yeah. And how expensive and stressful it must have been, because it's not a cheap process what he went through. No, um, but again, a, a, an, an incredible body of work, really, really yeah. good. Really, really lovely. And of course, there's more conventional landscape stuff in there as well. But yes, um, again, the, the sort of river deltas and stuff that yeah. um, really captured me, the, the, the colours of the, the black sand against the greenish yes. um, water and... And it is all. It's also the total unknown in terms of the sense of scale. You, you don't know whether you're yes. looking at some things which it could be a meter, a meter wider, or two miles wide, or or, yeah, or, or whatever exactly. it is. And and again, it <clears throat> it comes back to the the work in in your book, whereby it just you you stop and you you take in and you give consideration to to the images that you're looking at, and just yeah. on 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 his book as well, just the the bold lines of the river and and. As, as you're looking down on it i think they're just yeah just beautiful the tones as well yeah um and that i think that's what helped me realize what was um important in in my books because yeah i i, I didn't want to give an idea of scale on on a lot of them yes um, apart yep. from the first book there's a, there's a there's a few things like leaves yep and a duck yeah yeah and, and that's uh that was a, a really funny one but yeah. it, it's it, it all adds to the uh, effect, I think. So that especially is, yeah. the, the one with the coot going across it. Yes. Because when you see that large, it looks really, really weird because it sort of looks 2D. Yeah. It's obviously a plane going yeah. off the distance. But it really does, even I see it, uh, I, I think like it's sort of, uh, that, but that's the effect I wanted to create. So some yeah. of the photographs that look 3D aren't. Yes. And some of the ones that aren't 3D do look 3D. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's what I think. Having looked at work like, um, especially Hans's work, um, we've got no idea of scale or, or, or even 
the perspective of what, where he was photographing from. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think, well, it, you, you, well, I won't go any further than that. You do think. That's it. Um, and I, I like to produce stuff that um, makes people think and, and want to look at them. So yeah. some of them have got subtle signatures in like uh, little ripples yeah. or um, bubbles breaking on the surface or something like that. Um, and they're the ones that uh, my process of going through my work is, is I, I, I'm used to um, editing in bulk anyway. Yeah. And I do the school's work. I have to go through like five, 600 photographs in, in, in the evening to get it yeah. all, all um, uh, edited properly. Yeah. Um, so I literally, when, so the metallic silk one, for example, that's one I know for exactly how many pictures I took because the, the camera said on the back 999 pictures. <laughs> um, and, but um, I thought, oh, that's a funny number. I'm going to stop there. And I literally just stopped there. Yeah. But when my wife pointed out, oh, you said there were triple exposures. So it's 2,997, actually. Yeah. I know, I know, I know they were combined. So, but I had to look through nearly a thousand to pick them, and you literally do it like I'm going next, 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 fast until one stands out. Yes. Then I color tag them. Yep. And then carry on. Then you end up with maybe ten that you've tagged, and you put them all on the screen together. And you And then you think, well, these three don't work. So take those color tags off, and you end up with seven left. And then. You'll, if you look at them carefully, then you'll find probably only one or two that have got just a little signature detail Touch. in that yep. looks like it works. Yep. Then you find that one. So it's quite a quick and ruthless process. process. Yeah. Um, but I have got a massive backlog of old work, very lots of similars that I could probably make. A few more. Or, or, almost like um, moving images after that. Oh, and God, I've experimented with video as well. Yep. Um, and you might have seen a couple of videos online and yes. Instagram and stuff. And they do work quite well as, as videos. I can, I can imagine they would do very much so with the subject matter. I think, yeah, it'd be quite... And I think each exhibition, I've actually managed to get to like a 50-inch TV and I had a, had a video made. Yes. Um, and of course, you can't put this online because it wants to watch a 25-minute video of my images looping. And it's not yep. a, as, a, as a, in terms of a video. Yeah, I don't think it would be capture the audience very well. But um, <laughs> it was a good background thing to have on an exhibition because it meant yes. I could say to look, this is effectively this photograph is this video. Yeah. So I can, if you watch it, you'll see, and it's been slowed down like almost like uh, yes. two four hundred percent or something. Yeah. Um, cool. So, and you can see them sort of, it sort of merges and swoops around yeah. like that. Yeah, just the, the movement. Um, yeah. Um, so you, you get an idea of, of that sort of uh, aspect to it. And on, on all those sorts of things, you know, keep keep leading me back to other people's abstract work as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, another one. Yep. Uh, well, another artist, shall we say, uh, Valda Bailey. Yeah. Um, it was also a triple kite um, published. Yeah. Uh, work. Fragile. Fragile. Um, which again was like, oh my God. Someone's, yeah. um, someone with a real painter's eye, of course, yeah. which he is, 
um, uh, has created this, these beautiful bodies of work from multiple layers of, in a, in a, in a, again, a very meditative process, I could imagine. Yeah, um, I imagine so, yeah, for her, for the style particularly. Yeah. Um, and because they're, they're, they're all very peaceful images, I find. Like, yes, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I do love looking at those because they, they're they very sort of relaxed. Oh, I'm getting very dark here. I'm just going to open the curtain. Yeah, no <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so, you know, the, the delicate uh, flowers and the plants um, were mm. a very different sort of um, uh, type of stuff that to I were doing it. That was a very natural yeah. um, subject. Mine was a very urban and a very hard, not harsh, but the, the colours are very striking. The patterns are very yes. striking in mine. There's yeah. no, there's, I don't think you call them delicate. No, there might be fine detail, but they're yes. not delicate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, people like Felder's work, I find stunning as well. Um, yeah. Rachel Talabout's work, um, yeah. because um, again it's water for me, but it's 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 water come alive, um, and you know I'm looking forward to moving to Brighton to see um, what the sea looks like. Yeah, um, a different a different experience for you. Yeah, um, I don't think I'll be doing many reflections because um, I don't think it ever gets that still really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought so. On maybe, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the odd day, but I don't think you'll be down on the coast doing many, uh, many reflections anyway. No, no. Um, so, that, I mean, that that was a different way of looking at things. I, don't, you know, I just love different ways of looking at things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't have that many books myself for other photographers, which to me, uh, a bit shameful, really. But um, I, the ones I do, I, re I do really love. Yeah, um, because they've made they've really made me think differently. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, so yeah, that, I think I think that's part of it. it is making it is making you think differently, taking different views, different perspectives that other people that other people have, and when you can see uh, relationships with what you produce as well, or what anyone produces, then it, it's always it's always nice to sit and enjoy someone else's else's perspective and. And how they process their work as well. Mm. Yeah, because I've got I've done a few um, bits at Canary Wharf when it was really stormy weather. Yeah, and I could see that could get quite addictive. But of course, we never really get storms like you do on the coast. No, um, that's, yeah. But um, I I did have one photograph that was in the first book that was very dark, and I just when you get the really fast shutter speed and, and freeze it all and it looks like sort of um and it's got sunbeams perking it sort of looks yep. like glass you know yes. obsidian sort of sort of um glass yeah. um and i can see why how rachel's got um obsessed with the the forms and the yeah the the movement and yeah and the the drama of it all yeah um um, I'm not sure I'd be actually obviously has got some, she probably got through quite a few cameras doing that I think I would imagine so and I, I think much like yourself she probably takes quite a few pictures that she then has to sort through it and another, yeah. another dude uh, uh, Finn Hobson I love his <laughs> word when he's out swimming in the sea yeah yeah just incredible I love those. just um, yeah and I, I'm actually going to be moving 
um, walking distance from Finn's Gallery. Oh, very oh, lo lovely, fantastic. So um, I shall, um, uh, and, and I, his 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 work, um, beautiful. It's really really beautiful. Has, has Finn had a book out? He did a small one with uh, Cozy Books, one of their landscape editions. But I think it was of I think it was landscapes. It wasn't of his seascape right. or his swimming escapades, which but, I would yeah. love, which I would love to see a book of because yeah, me too. They're just they're just beautiful. They're just so relaxing and so peaceful, and all times of the day as well. You see just yeah. the lovely tones in the in the morning and the evening, and and also the objects, the boys floating around and the pier and things like that. Yeah, just yeah. just beautifully done. Yeah. Um, well, he's a master of that, and uh, of course, yeah. it, it he's I he's um hugely talented as well because he seems to be able to turn his hand to all sorts of stuff and that anything. Yeah. His um, work in the South Downs as well. Yeah. Um, he manages to get some very um, painterly sort of um, landscapes. Yeah, it's be beautiful work. So, yeah, hopefully he maybe brings a, a book out at some point, which um, I'm sure he's kept busy in his gallery at the moment. Yes, yeah, well, it's um, it's been tough for every gallery as well, I suspect. Absolutely, so, yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully everyone's going to be open for without any more breaks in, in trading. Yeah, for the summer months. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's it. And and into the rest of the year as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, uh, Mike, just to say thank you very much. It's really been a pleasure talking to you about your work, your books, and um, what your favourite photo books are. Really, I, as I've said before, I find your work absolutely beautiful. Really, really enjoy it. And it, it's been a pleasure chatting to you this evening. Thank you very much for your time. Well, you as well. Yes, thank you, Ian. And nice to sort of um, meet you like this. Over virtually, um, yes. Um, if, if ever you, if ever you're down in London, let me know. We should, we shall, you, I can take you to see some of the prints and. Um, Absolutely, it'd be wonderful. Yes, at some point I will. I, I would like to come. I'd love to come down and see some of your work, particularly some of the big prints. It would be. Really and cool. you know, if you've got time, we could have a quick walk around Canary Wharf, and we can go and see Indeed. the prints. Have a Sounds coffee at this place afterwards. Sounds good. Well, once uh, once once we're or once I'm back travelling up again, then yes, it'd be it'd be great to catch up down in London. But uh, thank you very much for your time. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>